0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, and today in the program, I am talking with Sierra Bogner, a Cedarville University pharmacy student who in 2015 was crowned Miss Michigan, and by all accounts was moving forward toward a very bright future in the entertainment industry. And I'm not saying she still doesn't have a bright future in, in the entertainment world, but for now, Sierra's focus is on serving others through a career in pharmacy. We'll learn so more about this story today on the program. Sierra is from Novi, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, and today she is enrolled in Cedarville's Doctor of Pharmacy program. So let's go to my conversation today with Sierra Bogner on this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. Welcome, Sierra. Uh, it's great to have you on the program. It's always great to have a fellow Michigander on yes. the program. <laughs> and uh, what are you enjoying the most? Now that you are pursuing your doctorate at Cedarville, because that's a big transition from where you yeah. used to be. And we'll get into that later mm-hmm.
1: on. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm really enjoying the Christ centered kind of education um, that they kind of incorporate in learning. So um, I went to public universities before, I've always gone to public schools. Yeah. And so even though I was raised as a Christian and came from a Christian household, I never had that incorporated into my education. So I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to be learning about God while learning about pharmacy and learning how to witness to others through medicine.
0: What have you noticed that there's a big difference (laughs) from living in Novi, a suburb of Detroit and living in uh, rural Ohio? How do you like it down here? Oh
1: my goodness, so I'm a city girl. I've lived in New York, I've lived in LA, and even coming from Michigan it's a huge difference um, i've never seen so much grass and i actually joked around with someone the other day i actually heard like the rooster crow when i came into class really <laughs> like a week ago and i was like oh my goodness i'm really like in the country but i do i do love cedarville so far but it's much much different from what i'm used to
0: your story is so amazing cuz how many college students do you know who've won a state pageant like mm-hmm. you Sierra did in in Michigan? Probably not many. Yeah. But you also as a result of winning the Miss Michigan pageant, you secured a modeling contract with Nike. I did. So when did you get involved in that?
1: So I have nine brothers. I grew up a tomboy. Oh, my. So I was never actually interested in, like, beauty and glamour. But when I was in high school, one of my teachers said, oh, you should do beauty pageants. And I didn't think much of it until a couple of years later where I said, okay, um," I saw in a newspaper they were doing uh, Miss Michigan. You could submit online. So I said, okay, well, let me just submit and see what happens. So I didn't even tell my family that I was competing. So they weren't even there because I didn't think I was going to win.
0: (laughs) That was was Miss Michigan? You didn't tell them?
1: I didn't tell them because I didn't think I was going to win. Surprise. I just thought that, let me try something new. It would be a great way for me to build relationships with other women because I come from a household of boys and um, I didn't think I was going to win. And so I called my mom that night And I was like, uh, I just won Miss Michigan. And she just starts screaming into the phone, you didn't tell us, you didn't tell us. So they drove to see me and they were upset, but they were happy at the same time. So I kind of just bumped into it and ended up winning the pageant.
0: (laughs) When did you have to apply? Because you had to apply early. Mm -hmm. And then how did you keep it a secret? Because you had to do some things in preparation.
1: Yeah, so... You do pageant training. You do all those things. So the Miss Michigan United States pageant is different from, um, let's say, Miss America. So both of them are big pageants, but they're different. Um, So I had had etiquette training and all of those things before. Um, In preparation of it, I would fly to New York (laughs) and train with a woman named Luciera, which is she's a supermodel. And so she would teach me how to walk in heels. She would teach me all of these things. And um, I took everything that I learned and then took it back to the pageant, but I didn't think I was going to win the pageant.
0: Did your family not know you were going to New York?
1: No, my brother knew. My brother Travis knew, and it was kind of our little secret about what was happening. And um, So yeah, okay, so he was the only person in my family that Okay, knew. <laughs> but he kept the secret. <laughs> but he kept so the Travis, secret.
0: So <laughs> Travis kept the secret. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious also about the pageant itself. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've seen Miss America pageants on yeah. TV. How, how similar is it? So what you experience at Miss Michigan, what what goes on?
1: Yeah, so the Miss America pageant, you have to compete, I think, in a a talent portion. right? Um, In all other pageant systems, they don't have a talent portion. So you'll do swimwear, you'll do fitness, or you'll do runway. And um, there's an interview portion where they'll ask you questions about your life, um, where you come from. they are kind of test your intelligence and maybe throw in some extra bonus questions. Um, Then you answer a question on stage, and they pick the winner from there.
0: Why do you think you won?
1: Um, I think my passion for people, honestly. And at that time, I was working on starting a nonprofit organization called Girls with a Purpose. right? And that was kind of my platform within the pageant that I was passionate about helping homeless youth, um, at-risk teens, and victims of sexual exploitation. So I went into it, yeah, with some training, but I didn't really know much. And so I kind of just tried to let my heart shine. And I think that that's what pulled me through, especially God's favor.
0: It absolutely, yeah. God's favor. So it was between you and another contestant. I don't know who it was. Yeah. So when they said your name as the winner, what were your thoughts?
1: I was shocked, and I—I I have a photo on my phone. My mouth just dropped because the other girl, she had had all of this training. I had talked to her backstage. She had had her master's degree and all of these wonderful things going on. So even as we were standing up there holding hands, I'm still not thinking I have a shot at actually winning. I'm going to Miss United States or I'm going to America's Miss World. I I wasn't thinking those things. I was happy to be there. Um, So when they called my name, I was shocked. I just was like, oh, my goodness. And one of the first things I thought is my mom is going to be so mad at me. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet she she was. Yeah, That's that's a funny story. (laughs) We we were talking offline before we started recording today's program that uh, being Miss Michigan, being involved in the pageant itself, Gave you an opportunity to share your face. Share that yeah. with us a little bit, would you?
1: Yeah, so there were a few contestants competing the year that I applied, and they were Muslim. They were really afraid to walk out on stage because their family, none of their family knew they were competing. This is like if you walk out in a swimsuit and you're Muslim, she one of the girls was telling me she may be disowned by her family, so she was afraid. And um, I asked her if I could pray with her. And when we finished praying, I prayed in Jesus' name. And when I I looked up, a a part of me was afraid that I would offend her, but I knew I had to be bold for Christ. And she looked at me and she said, no, in Jesus' name. And when I told my brother-in-law, who's a pastor, that everybody was so excited because even though I had the crown, that was the big win for me in that pageant, that Mm -hmm. I had prayed with someone of a different faith, and they agreed to pray in Jesus' name. So pageantry for me was also a way to reach people and um witness to them about my Lord and Savior. And I don't know what came of her to this day, but I knew in that moment that she was kind of one for Christ. That was a really big win for me.
0: What you just articulated it really is is true for anyone mm-hmm. that we all have a platform absolutely. Your platform at that point was being in the pageant, ultimately being Miss Michigan. Mm-hmm. but we all have platforms where we can we, we should use what yeah. the Lord has given us. Yeah. me and PR, or wherever people mm-hmm. are. And that's that's a wonderful story. Yeah. So after winning Miss Michigan uh, in 2015, your future was bright, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, as the victor in the Michigan pageant, you later competed in Miss World. When was that held, and how did you fare in that event?
1: So after that pageant, you go on to the States, so Miss United States. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so in Miss United States, that was we did it in Washington, D.C., um, I was terrified still. So I still was getting my pageant training, still learning.
0: Your, your family knew you were doing it. My this. family knew they, okay. I was doing
1: it. That's they good. all came. They drove down from Detroit to Washington, D.C. Um, in that pageant, I ended up out of the, I think, 49 or 50 girls, I ended up not placing. But from that opportunity, I had the opportunity to compete at America's Miss World, which is the preliminary for Miss World. Okay. On America's Miss World, um, that was in Orlando, Florida, the following year. And I placed in the top 10. Wow. Yeah, and I also won the Beauty with the Purpose Award, which is an award you get for community service.
0: So, in between your pageants, uh, Nike offered you a modeling contract. Yes. What kinds of uh, Nike products were you modeling? Yes. Yeah, so and was, how long were you doing this?
1: <laughs> so, it was for two years. It was lifestyle and fitness. And it was probably one of the most exciting shoots that I've ever done. Um, what a lot of people don't know is when you do shoots for Nike, you get to go shopping on set. So at my shoots, you get to keep all of your clothes. And that's kind of one of the more exciting things about modeling. Usually they'll take the things away from you after, but Nike just lets you, like, get everything you need. So I did a lifestyle and fitness shoot for them. I was on billboards and stores, and um, that was something that I was really excited about, but also my family as well.
0: Are you— Doing any of that work now? or
1: Not right now. You're
0: a full-time college student?
1: Yeah, I am still assigned to Gill Talent Group. And so I'll get auditions, but they know that I'm in school. So if there's time in between where I can do something on the weekends, then I will. But as of now, I haven't had the opportunity to do that now.
0: Before coming to Cedarville, you attended the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. I did. And the Academy of Arts University in San Francisco to yeah. pr- pursue an acting career. Mm-hmm all these signs pointed for you to have a career in front of fans and cameras yeah what change in your life that moved you from acting to healthcare? specifically um i believe you served as a surgical or in the surgical pathology mm-hmm. department at henry ford hospital i presume that was in detroit mm-hmm. so what what change that took you from the glamour to healthcare?
1: care uh, there was always kind of this feeling inside that i was missing something Um, since I was a little girl, I kind of knew I wanted to be a doctor. My little brother had Mm -hmm. Guillain-Barre. I think when I was about six or seven years old, he was diagnosed with it. And I remember going to the hospital all the time with my mom and I knew that people in white coats were helping him or fixing him. And so I always had this feeling inside that I was supposed to do something in medicine. Of course, I went the entertainment route as I got older, but Um, That lingering feeling kind of never left me. That feeling was what catapulted me to kind of go back into medicine to finish school. But what really kind of changed the course of my life was when my niece had a ruptured aneurysm in 2019. So this was still before pharmacy school. And um, they had pronounced, they said that she wasn't going to live, that the brain swelling was too much. And basically we were preparing for her to pass. Um, it really was God's hand that was on her life at that time. People in my family who I thought would never get saved, they're baptized. Mm-hmm. They were baptized. Kind of my whole perspective, even though I was in a medical field, everything just started to change. And I knew I needed to do something even more than what I was doing. So coming from Henry Ford or even working at the University of Michigan, I knew that that still wasn't the last stop. So yeah. that was really the situation that kind of made me go, okay. What's the plan for the next yeah. couple of years for my life?
0: So you mentioned you, that you noticed that people wearing white coats mm-hmm. were helping people. Mm-hmm. As a Cedarville pharmacy student, you're going to a, receive a white coat. Yeah, we have, have you received it yet? We have. What, what did, Was that uh, meaningful for you just because of yeah. that, b- that story you mentioned?
1: Yeah, because I had imagined that moment so many times over my life. Like I had envisioned myself wearing a white coat. I had looked in the mirror and praying God like, is it ever going to happen for me? When is it going to happen? Even in applying to this program, is this something that's plausible for me? Um, So when it was put on my back, that was my, that was a moment for me. Like I could have cried. That's kind of like,
0: I guess maybe it's kind of like receiving the crown for Miss Michigan. Yeah, but
1: it it was even more meaningful than that because of everything that my family had gone through, everything I had gone through. It was like, I knew not on a superficial level, but based off my intelligence, based off God's favor, I worked hard for this moment. You sure did. Yeah.
0: How did you find the Cedarville School of Pharmacy?
1: (laughs) So I found Cedarville School of Pharmacy through um, the CASPA website. I was applying to the PA program. I was really just looking for programs to go to, and I knew I wanted to go to a Christian program, but I didn't really know that programs like this existed. So I just figured I would go ahead and apply, but it was... Um, my meeting with uh, Dean Bates that kind of made me feel the deal with Cedarville being the right school. When I came here, it was just like the love, the support, the family-oriented environment. I, it was no way I could go anywhere else.
0: That seems to be a common thread when I, yeah. when I listen to prospective students or incoming students mm-hmm. or even alumni, that, that, that's a common thread. So you mentioned earlier about your nonprofit, uh, Girls With a Purpose, organization. Why did you start that?
1: I started that nonprofit because I wanted to give back in a way. Um, And so in 2009, when the housing market crashed, I don't know if you remember um, in Michigan, everyone lost their homes. And it was because of the auto industry and included in that everyone was my family. And so we had went through a season where we had nowhere to go and we didn't know what resources to have. So there were, My seven siblings and I in one hotel room and we were literally, my mom was taking us to school from hotel, from hotel rooms. And we would sneak out of the back door of the hotel room because we didn't want them to know that all of us were piled up in one room. So experiencing, I guess, homelessness in that way and not having anywhere to go, even though it was for a short period of time, it was devastating. This was all of my family crammed up in one room trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to eat? What are we, you know? What are we going to do? And as I got older, I knew that I had to give back in a way because God had blessed me so yeah. much. Now I'm in a space where I have probably more than I need, so I'm not thinking about keeping it to myself. How can I share that with other yeah. people? How can I be a resource yeah. for them? So that nonprofit was birthed out of a bad situation that God turned around for my good. Yeah.
0: How long were you? Did you, did your family stay in the hotel? Yeah, I
1: think it was for a couple of a couple of months
0: was your mom working for the auto industry?
1: No, my mom wasn't working for the auto industry, but because of the impact that, that the auto industry has in Michigan, the entire it affected the entire economy. Sure, sure. Um so people started to lose their homes. Um a lot of people lost their jobs. My mom's job was affected. She was a teacher. So mm-hmm. She owns two daycare centers, two childcare centers, so she didn't have students because parents were trying to keep their children home, right. which means she had no income. Right. Her income is based off the state of Michigan and how they pay because most families pay through Department mm-hmm. of Human Services. So it was like a domino effect on everybody, whether your family worked in the auto industry or not.
0: What lessons did you learn during those hard times that you are applying to today?
1: Um, to be grateful for what you have, even if it's something small. Um, that God is bigger than your situation if it's a bad situation, that there's a light at the end of every tunnel, um, to carry a spirit of compassion for other people and also a spirit of gratitude. I always try to remember those things because those seasons of my life where we almost lost my niece, where my family lost their home, um, me trying to figure out how to transition into medicine, um, because of those things, God kind of put in me all those different things, gratitude, compassion, gratefulness.
0: Yeah, I assume at this point, your mom and your siblings have a place to stay.
1: (laughs) Oh Yeah, that was a while ago. But uh, most of my siblings are entrepreneurs. So yeah, my brother's a barber. He has two barbershops in Michigan. My sister is an esthetician. I have a brother who's a dental hygienist. I have a huge family, so I could talk forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it.
1: But they're all successful. We live a great life, but we never forget where we came from um, and the things that we had endured to get the things that we have now.
0: And, and that great life is rooted in Jesus. It's
1: rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what we would have done without faith yeah. at those hard times, yeah. at those tough seasons.
0: Where are you in the family order?
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm number, I think, seven.
0: You're one of the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So
1: there's six after me. There's 13 of us and then six before me, I said 12, but I have a little brother who's adopted in, tw- in 2018. His name is Dallas. Okay. And oh God, my mom will get me. I did not forget Dallas, mom. If you listen to this, Dallas be <laughs> That's Hi, my Dallas. heart and my soul. So, yeah.
0: Let's pivot ever so slightly to a statement that you said a few years ago about God fulfilling the opportunity for you to experience the desires of your heart, mm-hmm. and that is to practice medicine, mm-hmm. leaving entertainment. Uh, can you share with us how the Lord guided you through that? I mean, I think you mentioned it with, with the illness or the potential losing your, your mm-hmm. niece, but can you share what was going on?
1: Um, it really was just kind of that Porsche feeling that I kept telling you about and really allowing God to minister to me, fasting and praying. But my journey is more so hindsight, looking back and not realizing that God was setting things up along the way, that he was— maneuvering things and molding and shaping me. And now that I look back, I can see everything in the moment. I think I may have felt confused or scared or just wondering how different things would happen. But looking back, I can see that God had given me the vision, or, but he didn't show me the path. And I think that's no. so important that he never does show us the path, because if we know what we have to go to through no. to get to the end, we won't want we, we don't the, want that. <laughs> we don't want it anymore because oh no, you mean to tell me yeah. I have to suffer through this, this and this and lose this person and that person, you can keep that dream, but when God just gives you the vision, it's kind of the fuel that you need to get through whatever you're getting through. So again, yes, more so hindsight looking back and seeing how God was working the entire time. I wouldn't be the person I was had I just been able to just hop and skip straight to where no. I was going. Be-
0: can you imagine if you knew?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And I think I would have been like, ah, I'll pass or I'll wait. But um, It was God's divine timing and those things happening. And um, I'm glad that he gave me the vision. I'm glad that he didn't show me what I would have to go Absolutely. through. Yeah.
0: yeah. So when you made that change to leave entertainment, I would think some people would say, what in the world is she doing? She's given up a fortune mm-hmm. for this dream. Yeah. Did that happen?
1: Yeah, it did. I think my family was kind of like, oh, no, things are, you know, just now kicking off for you. I just got signed to a new agency, Guild Talent Group, and they were like, you know, they're supportive. My family always supports everything that I do, but they were definitely like, things are just now really, if you thought it were happening before, they're really about to start kicking off for you. But I knew somehow, some way that I was making the right decision And I just did it. I think that's kind of the theme of my life, taking these gigantic leaps of faith Mm -hmm. and then God catching me every single time. Are
0: you a risk taker?
1: I am. I like when things don't work out the first time because then uh, if God is telling me, yes, you should do it again, oh my goodness, I'll try 20 more times. If God tells me my dream is on the other side of Mount Everest, I got to climb Mount Everest. I just got to climb it. I love taking risks. I think it's taught me, so much. it's given me so much character. You know, it was giving me perseverance and determination. Yeah. So I'm definitely never afraid of a risk.
0: How big a risk spiritually was it for you? And then how did the risk strengthen your faith?
1: That was a really big risk. So I was working in cutaneous um, surgery and oncology at University of Michigan. Right. I had a really great job. I did not have to leave. I didn't have to go. I had a really great salary. <laughs> and um, so the and risk who, and, for-
0: And who wouldn't want to be at the University of and Michigan, And who wouldn't right? want to
1: be at the University of Michigan working with world-renowned doctors, right. um, Dr. Chris and who's well-known in melanoma um, surgeries. Yeah. I worked right under him and with him. And leaving that job was terrifying. It was so terrible. I was like, oh my goodness, my financial stability, and my financial foundation is going to be completely rot because now I have to quit my job and I won't be making anything at all. I'll be relying on my savings. (laughs) And so um, financially, it was very scary. Spiritually, I knew I was doing the right thing because I was coming to a school that I trusted with my faith and that I trusted would even make my faith stronger throughout my education. So, yeah, it was a very scary thing, but I knew that God would kind of uh, keep me in the process and he has been keeping me
0: in addition to working at the University of Michigan you worked at Tempest Labs in Chicago I did so what experiences from those two jobs have you taken with you and what did they teach you personally professionally spiritually
1: yes yeah, so when I worked at Tempest I took that um, assignment during COVID so I was in Chicago while there were riots I was in Chicago while they were protesting Um, I was in Chicago during the whole COVID crisis, and being alone in a state in Illinois where you don't know anybody, it really taught me how to spend quiet time with God. So I actually was sad, like, oh my goodness, God, I'm here, and now all of these things are happening, I'm by myself, but He used it as a time for me to really sit down and hear His voice in that season, and it was around the same time that my niece had the ruptured aneurysm, so everything kind of... Came together, God used it to really build me up to who I am right now. And so, what I take from there professionally is that I learned um, kind of the foundation of cancer research, mm. um, which I really, really am passionate about. And I learned a lot from the pathologists there, from the scientists there. But spiritually, I was able to grow. I was able to really learn how to be alone and to hear God's voice, even in the quiet moments.
0: When will you graduate from the Cedarville School of Pharmacy program? The class
1: of 2027. <laughs> uh, that sounds so long from now. It sounds long from now, but when you look at it, I have outside of this year, two more years of didactic work, which is classroom education. And then okay. my last year is APPE rotations. So how I look at it is two more years in the classroom, and then I'll do my rotations and I'll be out of there. But I try not to so much look at it as a lengthy timeline. I'm right. learning to look at the small moments in life. What can I learn while I'm here? What can I learn in this semester? What can I learn in this season yeah. of my life that will make me a better person once I leave here?
0: You bring a lot to the classroom mm-hmm. because you're an older student. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to built into the lives of the the younger students, maybe even serve as a mentor. Has that even happened?
1: Um, I feel like it's happened. I feel like there are people who need certain things or just want somebody to confide in or pray for them. And I kind of become that, I've become that person to a few students, but I also serve as the women's ministry leader for my class. Yeah, so um, it's a really good way for me to kind of get to know the other women. Um, There are older students in my class But it's a way for me to connect with everybody, especially the women, since I'm really passionate about having relationship and building relationships with women.
0: And building relationships, it sounds like you developed a relationship with Dr. Chen. Is that true? Yes. Tell me about that and (laughs) and how Dr. Alita Chen has built into your life and helped you uh, in your early days here.
1: Yeah. So Dr. Chen has really been like my rock here. Um, I kept going back and forth for whether or not I needed to make this transition And she was somebody who encouraged me that it was possible, that I could get the work done, that I could succeed in pharmacy. Her and Dean Bates and even Mr. Ormsby are people that encouraged me a lot through this process and coming here to Cedarville. Once
0: 2027 comes and you graduate, what what do you hope uh, is on the horizon for you?
1: Oh my goodness, securing a job. (laughs) I think that's what we all hope in pharmacy school. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. um, I hope to work as a clinical pharmacist, although I am interested in industry. It's hard to say what you want as a P1. It's so much to learn. Um, We have so many more rotations to do. But for right now, being a clinical pharmacist is something that I'm interested in, which is working in hospital Um, Yeah. And working maybe on a medical team and working on different cases with physicians and other people, a part of medical teams. Um, I do want to go back to hospital. But um, Mm. that's my that's my short term goal. But um, I think it will change. I think it will change. We learn a lot here at Cedarville. We're exposed to a lot. So I'm open to that change as well.
0: Any hospitals uh, come to mind where you'd like to go? Yes,
1: yes. The Cleveland Clinic. (laughs) The Cleveland Clinic.
0: That sounds like a very reputable organization. Yes,
1: so they're one of the top hospitals in the world. And so um, just being a part of that prestige, um, being a part of a system who really focuses on uh, patient care, um, I will love it. But also, if I went back to University of Michigan, I would not be mad. I love the University of Michigan, but, yeah,
0: so my final question centers on the importance of fearlessly caring for others as as a healthcare professional. How do you envision being fearless in your service to serve patients who are dealing with daily issues?
1: By being bold, being bold for Christ, but being respective of the patients as well. Um, we learned a lot about that at GMHC, being bold about your faith, but also being respective of what the patient wants and needs. I think having that compassion towards people and their situations for whatever that they're going through, being understanding. And then I think ultimately being patient, being patient with the patient. Sometimes people just want somebody to talk to. Sometimes people may not be adherents to their medication. And you could be that one person that if you're just patient and compassionate and understand what they're going through, you're able to get them on the right path. So fearlessly approaching medicine for me is compassion, patience, and understanding.
0: Sierra, I really enjoyed my conversation with you. You have a bright future. Whatever the Lord, wherever He takes you. And I look forward to following that career as you you, you. uh, develop it. So uh, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for coming to Cedarville and being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I want to thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. You are encouraged to share, like, and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.